So if you would take your Bibles today and turn to John chapter 4, we're going to look at that. We've been talking for the whole year, pretty much, about how we are to approach people and how we're going to reach the people of Stonewall County and what we're going to say to them and how we're going to do it. And in this one little passage of Scripture, Jesus goes through the who, what, where, when, how, and why of all He does. It's a beautiful passage of Scripture. Sheila did a great job of recounting it to these, these kids a while ago. And so in verse 4 it said, Now He had to go through Samaria. So let's look at first of all when. We, we talked a few weeks ago about, uh, about the book of Matthew and the 28th chapter and the 19th verse. Jesus said, as you go, therefore, make disciples. As you go. You're walking into Walmart. You're going down the street. You're, you're in Lubbock, Texas, wherever you're at. You're watching and looking. As you go, therefore. So as we, as we go down, Jesus was compelled then to go through Samaria. Sheila made a good point of that, that, that as a Jewish person, you always went around Samaria. You didn't go through it. Those guys had, had, were even considered traitors to the Jews. They had, they had intermingled with the, with the Canaanites and all the non-Jewish people there, and, and they had done that for survival purposes more than anything, by the way, in these times. But they had intermingled and so the Jews would have nothing to do with them. In fact, if you were a good Jew and you went there and talked to a Samaritan, you had to be cleansed for seven days. So man, what a terrible, a terrible thing. You would not go through Samaria. But it says that Jesus was compelled, had to go through Samaria. That's a beautiful thing for us. Sheila made mention of it a while ago, but it's a beautiful thing that God came for all people. Not just some, not just the Jews. He could have done that. Those were His people. But he didn't. He came for all people, and especially this Samaritan woman. He broke all traditions there. When he came to this well and, and, and just had to go through Samaria, and I imagine already his disciples were going, whoa, this is getting a little out there. We're getting, we're getting a little outside the, 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 uh, the parameters here, Lord. You need, to, you need to do the things the way we think they ought to be done and go where we think they ought to be and, and go to do, do things the way that, that they're supposed to be done. And Jesus said, nope. We're going through Samaria. So he goes through Samaria, stops at a well, tells those guys, hey, y'all go get something to eat in Sychar. Even having to go to Sychar to get something to eat was, was against their Jewish tradition. So they go off to Sychar to get something to eat, and he waits there, and this woman shows up in the middle of the day. No other women no other people are going to come get water in the middle of the day, in the heat of the day. They're not going to come there and do that. Why? Because she's already ostracized. Coming to that one person. Who do we come to? We come to the person that God tells us to go to. Jesus went there just for her. It doesn't share, by the way, that he went through all of Samaria and preached in every other place. He went to this person. He, he came for this lady. It's a beautiful picture of how God wants not just mass evangelism and I, I love mass evangelism that's great we have a, we used to have revival services twice a year and, and we would try to win everybody to the lord we go knock every door in in stonewall county sometimes before that happened back in the day but you know that god is interested in the one just one he's interested in me in you it's jesus didn't just come to save the world he did but he also came to save you. I'm convinced to this day that if you had been the only one 
or I had been the only one that was lost, Jesus would have come to seek and save me or you. What an awesome thing to realize that the Son of the living God has come for you and I. He came for this lady at the well. So she comes up and, and immediately she's on the defensive. So he asked her for some water and he, she's like, what? what are you even talking to me for? I'm a Samaritan. I'm a woman. Why are you talking to me? And immediately she tries to go through this. And Jesus says to her, as, as Sheila recounted, that, that, you know, if you would have asked me, I would have given you living water. So she goes down this whole religious road, if you will. And I love what Jesus does. So verse 7, when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? And his disciples had gone into town to buy food. Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews don't associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, You have nothing to draw with in this well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as did his sons and his flocks? And Jesus said, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water that I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up. Then the woman said, sir, give me some of that water that I won't have to get thirsty and have to keep coming and draw water. Then he goes through the calling of her husband. He immediately brought it back to himself. He immediately brought it back to the good news of Jesus. She tried to go down a road. Are you greater than Jacob? Are you, are you proposing to me that, that you're greater than our ancestors and greater than all the, the people around here? And immediately he brought it back. I can give you living water. Man, I've, I've been through so many times when you go and meet somebody and hopefully before they find out you're a preacher. Once they find out you're a preacher, then the whole, the whole scenario changes, by the way. You know, the beer can gets thrown away. The, the, everything gets cleaned up. And, oh, my gosh, the preacher's here. But before they know that, and you get to talk to them, the first thing that happens is, is you try to direct them. You sit down and talk with them. And first of all, the, most people are kind of think, man, that's weird for somebody to just sit down and start talking to me. But immediately, you start talking to them about Jesus. What's most important to you? Directing that conversation to, to how they can, can have that living water themselves. So it's when, as you go, it's who seeking to save those who are lost. Zacchaeus was one of those. Sheila brought her up. Remember, the, you got the woman at the well. You got the woman caught in adultery. You've got the, the, uh, the lady who came up and, and grabbed Jesus' um, robe, was healed. You've got a centurion who, he was a Roman soldier Jesus came and healed his daughter you look at account after account after account I said this last week with Zacchaeus or last time not last week but week before last with Zacchaeus Jesus looked through the sin he didn't he didn't say it was okay he didn't go okay you're you're fine let me just keep doing what you're doing he looked through the sin and saw the sinner he looked through the sin and saw that person who God loves. 
I think he looked through the sin and saw that person he was willing to die for. And I'm so glad he did that with me. And I'm so glad he did that with you. Jesus told the woman at the, that was caught in adultery, go and sin no more. I don't condone what you're doing, but you need me. I'm that peace that you've been looking for. And I'm convinced that in Stonewall County there are a whole lot of people that are looking for a Savior. They're looking for that peace that will, that will fulfill them. They're looking for that something that, that they haven't got. They've tried just about everything and anything, and that's where we find this lady. He said, go and bring your husband so I can talk to him. And she said, I ain't got any husband. And he recounts to her, yeah, I know you've had five husbands. The guy you're living with is not your husband now. Wow. You've been looking and looking and looking and trying to find that love that you desperately need. And it's right here in Jesus. It's right here in me. Wow. When we go out to, to talk to someone, when we have the opportunity and God leads us to that person and, and we sit down with them and start talking with them, sometimes it's really easy for us to go, well, you know, I don't, I don't know if I have anything to say to them. I, I don't know any scripture. I don't know what to do. I don't, I, you're giving them the most perfect, wonderful, possible gift you could ever give anyone in the history of mankind. You're giving them your Savior. You're giving them Jesus. You're talking to them about something they desperately, desperately need to the deepest part of them. They need to have that fulfillment of love. They need to see who Jesus is and they need to know who Jesus is and they need to know that Jesus loves them. That's the whole point of this story that he brought this lady to himself. First she said, well, he must be a prophet. He told me everything I need to know. And then it comes down and realizes this must be the Messiah. This must be the Messiah. Wow. How we need desperately to bring people to that point He started where she was at. She was caught up, first of all, he was Jew, and that's, you know, as much as, as the Jews hated Samaritans, guess what? It reciprocated. Samaritans didn't think too much of the Jews either. Jesus took her from where she was at and took her to see who he was. We need to take people from where they're at. I've had people talk to me about lots of different things. Well, what do you think about Buddhism? What do you think about Mormonism? What do you think about this? What do you think about... I had one guy go, well, have you ever looked at the book of Ecclesiastes? I was like, what? Ecclesiastes? I didn't... You know, I, for all the books in the Bible that you could possibly know, this guy knew nothing about the Bible, but somehow he had come up with the book of Ecclesiastes. And I was like, well, you know, I have no idea about that book of Ecclesiastes too much. But I do know who Jesus is. So we start talking from where he's at. It happened to a guy named Philip also. He was going down the road and, and this uh, Ethiopian queen he came along beside her because God had put him in her way. God had brought him there. And it says that he started right where she was at and led her to Jesus. Wow, what a great privilege that is. When you realize that when God has led you someplace, when, when He has taken you to Samaria, maybe that place you, you didn't want to go, 
Maybe a place that you thought, well, I don't know if I ought to go there or not. Maybe, maybe it's that place where nobody else would go. But God has led you to that place to meet someone as you go. And you get the privilege to sit down and talk with them about who your Savior is. Who is Jesus? What He's done for you. Your testimony, we talked about that this morning a little bit. Not when you were saved, although that's important when you were saved. I was, I was saved at 14 years old in First Baptist Church of Ashmont, Texas. And man, it's important. But God is doing something in my life every single day of my life. And to share with him that that's not the only, that's just the starting point. That's a jumping off point. But God is with me everywhere, always, to the ends of the age. And you can have that too. Wow. There have been so many people over the years go, you know, I want that. I need that desperately in my life. I need it. That's where this lady was at. Jesus had shared with her who she was. And he realized she knew all about him. Then she went back and told all her friends. She recounted that a while ago. Went back and told all of her friends there, even, even to the point of shame. I mean, can you imagine? They already thought she was mm, one of those ladies. And then she goes back in and shares, hey, you got to come see this guy. He's told me everything there is about my life. you got to come see this guy, Jesus. How desperately we need to do that. So then... I want to get on to verse 27. Just then, his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking to a woman. But no one asked, what do you want or why are you talking to her? I don't know if they had gotten used to the way Jesus did things by this time or they were just scared. Didn't want to intervene. So the disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something but he said to them i have food to eat that you know nothing about then his disciples said to each other could someone have brought him some food my food said jesus is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work jesus said i came to seek and to save all that are lost he said i do everything everything that god wants me to do i listen to the father he tells me i do wow what a plan that sounds fairly simple to me. What a plan. And it's not easy. There's, there's nothing in here easy about this because we've got to deny ourselves, Jesus said, take up our cross and follow him. In another place he says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, Paul says, by the mercies of God to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. It is hard. It is difficult to stand before God every morning and say, God, wherever you want me to go and whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. I'll do it. Just show me and guide me and direct me this day. Most of us wake up in the morning. I do too. Wake up in the morning. My plan's already set. I'm going, okay, I got this to do and that to do. I got to get this done. Even before that, usually that night before, I'm already making those plans of what to do tomorrow. And I only left out one thing. God. Oh, I'm going to go do good stuff tomorrow. But is it God good stuff? Is it what God wants for me to do? Is it what He's got laid out? He, he's got, I'm convinced every day of my life that He's got for me someone to talk to. Some place to be that He wants me to be. Somebody, 
somewhere that he needs me to share who he is with. Now, I like eating. Y'all can tell by the way I, as big as I am, I like eating. But I, and I will admit sometimes I don't get to this point that I'd rather share Jesus than eat. But Jesus would rather do the will of the Father than even eat. Wow. How we need to be like that. How we need to put it so preeminent in our lives that, that we want to do the Father's will today and His only. We want to go where He tells us to go and do what He tells us to do and He'll speak through us to a people that desperately need Him. A long time ago I learned people may not perceive that they need Jesus, but they need Jesus. All of us who are saved, we need Jesus. All of the people who are lost need Jesus. We all need Jesus all the time. Sometimes it's, it's about reminding someone, hey, I, I went through something like that in my life. You know what? God was still there. Sometimes it's about reminding people, hey, you remember when God did this in your life or when you went through this, whatever it was, and God brought you through it. Sometimes it's reminding people of what God has done. Someone sometimes is telling people what God will do. God wants to save their soul. He wants to give them living water that never, ever, ever runs out. Wow. What a privilege. What a privilege. So who? Whoever God leads us to. What? You share Jesus. We're anywhere. Anywhere you go, every place you go, as I go, therefore, when, when God directs you. There's been a lot of times in my life I'll go up to someone and I'm about to share the good news of Jesus with them, especially if I've got one of those good things in my back pocket like the Romans Road or something like that. Ooh, let me share you with you the Romans Road. You know, Romans um, 5, 8, God demonstrated his own love towards you while you were sinners. Christ died for you. Wow, man, I've just got that ready to go. And all of a sudden, out of their mouth comes something. You know, in my heart, desperately, I'm needing. You feel the innermost part of them. This and this and this and this and this are happening in my life right now. Suddenly, God goes, I want to meet that need. I want to meet them right where they're at. And he gives you a whole different set of words to speak than you were going to speak. He gives you a whole different plan. You've got to be ready for that. And it's just what that person needs right at that moment. Wow. There's no greater privilege ever than that. How? The way you share Jesus. How do I share Jesus? Some of you guys can testify. My brother was here. He could testify. I'm that kid who was in the closet hiding. And when Lisa came over, I'd go run and hide in the closet. I found out, by the way, that it was my mama who opened the closet door and let me come tumbling out in front of everybody. So my brother's off the hook for that. But I'm that kid who was so shy that he couldn't even talk to people. How? You've got to allow God to use you. 
it's the number one thing in all of this is, is you're His child and, and He wants to use you to reach the world. How? You allow Him to do that. Oh guys, I've learned so many different ways to, to use evangelism over the years. So many different verses. So many different, different uh, systems to lead people to Christ. The number one thing I've found is to be open to Him. Say, God, use me any way you want to. After a little while, you'll get some confidence, by the way, that God will put those words in your mouth. He'll use you the way He wants to use you. Wow. And lastly, why? Jesus said, I came to do the will of the Father. Jesus said, I'd rather do the will of the Father than eat. It says something about who we are. If we're His children, He wants to use us to reach this world for Him. Would you be willing to jump on that? I'm going to tell you, tell you it's simple. It is really, really, really simple to be able to do that. Simple. Go tell people what Jesus has done in your life. Boom. Be ready. God's going to give your, fill your mouth with the words to speak. All you've got to be is willing to go. And then go when he tells you. Simple. Didn't say easy. You're going to have to put his will over your will. Put what he wants over what you want. Do what he asks of you over what you think is right. Are you willing to do that today? Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this time together, Father. Thank you for showing us a picture of how you want us to do it. Now, Father, I pray for courage. I pray for strength. I pray for boldness. I pray, Father, that we would be willing to surrender our very lives to you. Lay ourselves out before you to reach our world around us. God, as we leave this place today, whether we're going to Aspermont or we're going to Jayton or we're going to Haskell or Stanford or Abilene or wherever we're going, Father. I pray that we would be ready for you to use us, hungering to do your will. And we'll give you praise and honor and glory for it all. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I'm just going to ask you to stay seated where you're at. Jesus, Sheila's going to play a uh, hymn of invitation. God's inviting you today to join him. Would you do that? Would you make him the number one priority in your life? Would you allow him to use you to reach the people around you? To share him with whoever he leads you to? Just like you are. You haven't got to clean up. You haven't got to do anything. Just like you are. Let's sing a verse of that together. Just as I am without one plea and that thy blood was shed for me and that thou bidst me come to thee, O Lamb.
of God I come, I come. Amen. Thank you for being here today. Man, what a great day to be in the Lord's house. It's going to be, what, 90 degrees today? It was 22 days ago? I don't know. It wasn't 20. I'm lying. It was cold, though, I'm telling you. For old man, it was cold. What a, what a great place to live. Man, you just don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. It's awesome. Any other word before we go? Remind you that we've got uh, the National Day of Prayer. We're going to be observing that at the courthouse today at 1220. We've got uh, next Sunday we'll have the, the nursing home service. Man, that's always a great time. Hope you'll be ready for that. Tonight we've got uh, Genesis chapter, chapter, the end of Genesis. We're going to do a review of Genesis and an overview of the end time study coming up. So I hope you'll be ready for that. All right, let's stand together. We'll be dismissed.